more bikes. Morebikes.co.uk. My name's Bertie Simmons. I'm from uh, Classic Motorcycle Mechanics, and I'm here with uh, Steve Parrish, known as Stavros to everyone. Uh, uh, worse names, but sometimes Stavros. Yeah, sometimes worse than Stavros, yeah. which we won't go into. No. Although we, uh, <clears throat> we're done. No, um, we're here at IDP Motor. What are you doing here, Steve? I am in the process of putting my FZ750 back together because the good man here, Daryl Young, has been. Well, in fact, I took it apart, but then I couldn't put it back together again. So I came down here and he got a book out that said how things go back together again. And those very, very nice people at Yamaha UK supplied me lots of parts to put this bike back together. And it's probably going to be the best FZ 750 in the world. It will be very similar to the bike that I finished up racing with in 1986 with all new components. In fact, it's going to be better than the bike I raced in 86. And it's out there at the back there and it's orgasmic. And we'll be putting some pictures uh, online at some point. Now, as the editor of Classic Motorcycle Mechanics, I've got to ask you, why has it taken so bloody long? Well, mainly because um, I used to come down here quite regularly, and I wasn't cocking things up enough. But more I've come back and cocked things up, Daryl takes over, and he takes the hammer from me and tells me to fuck off. And then I go away, and he, when I come back, more and more is done. But... There's an incentive now because this bike is going to be on the Black Horse stage at the uh, Motorcycle Live show, which is on the 22nd of November, which is the best show in the world, of course. Um, but it will be up there, my little pride and joy, my finished FZ750, that uh, hopefully next year uh, I'll be able to ride around some of the tracks. Because I get invited to ride lots of bikes. And, and you normally ride other people's bikes. I do. You don't want to do that. You want to ride your own bike. We all want to ride our yeah. own bikes. And unless it goes wrong and then I want to ride other people's bikes. But I'm sure it won't. Um, but no, it, fortunately, um, you know, some of the lovely people around that have got RGs and things like that uh, lend me bikes. And I do ride them and I enjoy doing so. And I'm hoping to continue doing so. But on other occasions, it would be really nice to take my own bike along. And I know that the, you know, it's all ready to go. Have you ever crashed any of these expensive, lovely bikes that people actually think, oh, what we know, Stavros is a safe pair of hands, let's yeah. give him a bike, and then do you end up giving them a pile of bits back? Or have you no, 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 very much so. I think it was exactly four years ago, Chris Wilson, who's got a lovely collection of bikes, he completely restored Kenny Roberts' 1980 World Championship bike. It might have been 79, but whatever. It's that black and yellow. You, oh, you didn't. I did. Oh, he took didn't. it to Snetterton, and exactly what you said, he thought, so, you know, this safe pair of hands, Stavros, because he knows I'm allergic to pain. Uh, we'll be very safe and on the first lap I sighted it the good news was I sort of knocked myself out and had a concussion so you weren't around for the and, they, and I broke my collarbone as well and I was so Brilliant. pleased to let the ambulance take me away before Chris Wilson yeah. turned up and the next thing I know were you, you actually telling the ambulance driver go fast I was I was just I don't care where you take me just take me out of this circuit <laughs> and he took me to Norwich Hospital and I sort of bumbled my way down I didn't know where I was or what I was or who I was still don't for that matter <laughs> Um, and I felt very embarrassed to Chris Wilson, and I gave him the helmet that I smacked as a thank you very much indeed for breaking his fairing screen, footrest and seat and all the other things. But it was only the World Championship winning bike, so it didn't really matter. So, I mean, it, it couldn't have been worth more than what? I don't know, priceless. I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand pounds or something like that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But it, was, it, was, it wasn't going to tee cut out, but it wasn't badly, badly damaged. So this is why you kind of want your own bike, something that you can sort yeah. of... But, amble along to events and ride and we're going to have a bit of fun with it aren't we once you once it's kind of all running we you, you want, might want to have a bit more power you might want to have a bit yeah. more yeah what we're going to do is build it in pretty much standard trim give it a 
few road tests. I'm going to go out and beat Neil McKenzie on the bikes that he's restored. Yeah, because he's uh, done an RD350 and, of course, this lovely little uh, Yamaha FS1E yeah. Uh, DX yeah. 1977. So, yeah, you want to... You want to I, I'm he's just, beaten you on actually making two bikes. He has. You want to beat him on the track. On the track. And my FZ750 in standard trim should do it. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to put a bigger engine in it or tuned engine. We're going to put some much bigger brakes on it. Uh, we've already got an Olin shock on it, but we might change the forks. But, yeah, I'm going to, it's going to evolve into something very, very special. Yeah, it'll be like Eddie Lawson's bike by the time I'm finished. Well, that's it. I mean, that's a very trick uh, FZ, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was an FZ that sort of Eddie's career started on and mine finished on. His kind of started and went on. Mine sort of started and <laughs> didn't on. really go on. <laughs> I mean, just thinking your last sort of couple of seasons, I mean, everything was kind of bigger in the 80s. I mean, shoulder pads, your hair. What was it like sort of riding the sort of standard FZ in the last couple of seasons because you're up against GSX-Rs and stuff yeah and, uh, um, yeah, it was good uh, in fact the FZ750 wasn't a bad handling bike and it wasn't bad it wasn't as good as the GSX-R because Mick Grant beat me and clearly I'm a better rider than he was so it must have been the bike <laughs> um, but Keith Ewing did end up in 87 winning the Superstock Championship on an FZ750 under my tutelage really um, I was the team manager for a lot of time did yeah, you tell him which way the tracks went I, that all he needed, I told him how the throttle turned that way as well as closed and things like that but of course um, Kenny Irons also won the championship on an FZ750 one of my sister bikes and everything else but they weren't a bad bike at all they weren't hugely fast I'm guessing we got around about 100 brake horsepower out of them or something like that but this one's going to be 250 by the time I'm finished yeah. <laughs> uh, just for the benefit of the tape his nose is growing yes hello Pinocchio so just sort of moving forward to sort of modern racing obviously uh, you spent a lot of years um, being sort of one of the linchpins of the uh, BBC MotoGP coverage, and you you do the studio stuff for BT Sport. Mm. How have you sort of seen the the way the sort of season's gone this year? Obviously, a bit of a Marquez benefit, but it's still been very interesting. Isn't yeah, it? it has. I'm a big, big fan of Mark Marquez. In fact, I'm a big, big fan of fan of anyone that races in MotoGP. You know, they're all brilliant. Some more brilliant than others. Um, and and um, Valentino Rossi's done a great job this year. And I think. This season, we all knew that Marcus, well, I knew that Marcus was going to win the championship. I didn't think he'd be quite as dominant as he was winning the first 10, 11 races or something like that. Because last year, me and you were thinking that Pedroza, it was Pedroza's time to do it. Yeah, and for we Marquez were. to do it in his first year, and it's pretty phenomenal. It was extraordinary. I didn't think he would, actually, um, because I thought he'd hurt himself more. He thought he'd crash and burn a lot more, and he still crashed, but he didn't burn. He just bounced and everything it, else. He seems to be so so sort of lent over. When he crashes, He's on the it's ground. always low sides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does, I can't remember a high side. Is, no. is he high side? I do remember him at Mugello last year falling off at 220 mile an hour yeah. and then um, flying down the track and then getting back out and going out in the next session um, but I, I could watch Mark Marquez on his own quite honestly uh, I know the racing hasn't we do been a lot of time. we do a lot of time you're right but there has been these uh, moments of tremendous racing and as I say Valentino Rossi winning a couple of races this year keeps everyone very interested Danny Pedroza has been disappointed I'm afraid you'd have to say but I don't got know. a contract for next year that's well, a strange thing but then who else would you have if you're not going to have Jorge Lorenzo which is signed for Yamaha you're not going to have Valentino Rossi you're not you might as well stick with what you know. You've got, you don't need anyone else. He's a good, really good Unfair to Danny to say it, but you know, you can't really. Can we really see him beating Marquez? Uh, well, he was fastest uh, this morning in, in, in the wet session in Malaysia. On his day, yes, I can. On his day, Mark Marquez is fast every weekend. Danny Pedroza has his moments. Mm. And, and he sometimes takes a while to come from, you know, the first. Yeah. The first session, he's sometimes 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Well, he's not brave, is he? And understandably he's not, because when he falls off, he snaps. 
and uh, he is very, very fragile, and uh, he takes his time when the track's cold, when the weather's a bit iffy. Uh, he's just one of those guys. He's very solid, but has his moments. But, uh, and when you think about what's going on out there, those four probably have been the class act this year. And a Rossi Renaissance has yeah. been great for, for the sport. It's yeah. been nice to see him. I mean, again, it's one of those things where the conditions need to be right i.e. no Marquez mm. but then again if Ross is the one pushing and Marquez is the one crashing it shows that Ross is still doing sure. the necessary he's always there thereabouts and picks up the pieces when need be like the last race out it was uh, Marquez crashed out Lorenzo had a bad time what happened to Lorenzo at the start of the year he went AWOL completely AWOL he just seem and he's now come back. And, and I felt a little sorry for him in Phillip Island because his tyre was clearly shagged mm. and he couldn't do anything. But I can expect him to be right there for the rest of the season. And I still think he could finish up second in the championship. He's not that far behind mm. Valentino. And he is realistically on his day faster than Valentino. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about racing, characters. Um, people sort of back in the day, in your day, generally tended to say what they thought. Mm. Is that something that's sort of you think is just sort of a shame that it's missing from MotoGP? It or? is a shame, but I, I don't really blame them because if, you know, if one of the riders farts, everyone's got it on, you know, on their iPad or iPhone or it's being reported on Twitter or Facebook or something like that, so you can't get away with it. Back in my day, PC meant pulling crumpet. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's just, just the way it was. And, and nowadays, unfortunately, they've got a press officer hanging over their shoulder that's sort of listening to what they say. They're in the gym most of the, di- most of the week, and if they're not there, they're at the dietician or they're having some sort of coaching for this and that. Yeah, I'm there all the time. Yeah, I'm there yeah, I can the see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I told you, didn't I? I, yeah. went to the, you know, I went to the gym, found a hole in my trainer that I could get my finger in, and she complained to the <laughs> manager, and I got thrown out of the gym. Um, but, but I mean this leads me nicely onto your mad tour because I've experienced your mad tour uh, in February Melton Mowbray and, and you didn't fan- leave and I didn't leave at half time it was right. a fantastically good fun night obviously yeah. with uh, with your daughter Frankie emceeing yeah. it so yeah. tell us a bit about that how's that been received this year really really well I have to say uh, it's gone from strength to strength we started it in February this year and it's just got bigger and better uh, well, the show hasn't changed a great deal. We've probably got to, to know. You've got older, though. We've got older. And I pick up stories every week as well, so we can add That's to the it. thing. I mean, I've yeah. heard lots of your stories, oh, and yeah, I but... went there expecting to hear the same old, same old. There were some real good yeah. ones that I'm I hearing know. again. I know, I know. We went to. Embellished. We, when embellished. we went to Scunthorpe, well, the last show was at Scunthorpe, and, and we actually needed some new stalls. So I stopped on the side of the road in Scunthorpe. I said, Is there a B&Q in Scunthorpe? And he went, No, he said, It's S C U. They're the sort of things that go on That's all the time. The thing, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, that's just, the sort of thing. But no, it's been fabulous. It's great working with my daughter, and it's been really well received. Does and, she keep um, you in line, though? Does she? Does she? She uh, stops me telling some of the stories that I'd like to, really? obviously, because I don't want her thinking I'm a complete immature buffoon. Even um, though it's called Mad, My yeah. Adolescent Dad, yeah. so clearly she knows. If that. she wants to stop doing it, my girlfriend's going to do it. It's going to be called My Arsehole Darling. <laughs> we'll still keep the mad. Uh, that, that's the way it's going to work. But no, we've got another six. We've got the, the Motorcycle Museum because it's their 30th anniversary on the 1st of November. November. So you're doing the so 31st, 31st of October. 31st of October, so. we're at the Motorcycle Museum, uh, which is great because it's a great museum. And it's brilliant. I'm popping along in a couple of weeks, actually. So we're going to be doing a feature in Classic Motorcycle Mechanics for the January issue on uh, the National Motorcycle Museum. It's an absolute brilliant place. Yeah. It's well worth going And on up. that 1st of November, I'm going to be emceeing the day where a lot of the old riders, John Cooper, Mick Grant, we're going to 
start the bikes up on the Ooh. stage the era that they rode in. So that would be terrific. terrific to hear all those old motorcycle machines where you can all get a whiff of Castrolar and um, choke on the emissions and stuff like that, <laughs> things that you should do. Uh, Brilliant. Let's try and get this global warming warmed up. Well, that's it. I mean, the weather's pretty bad. I think we need a bit of global warming. So I leave my car running start. at nights now. I leave oh, do you? Over, yeah, oh, probably. excellent. Um, well, finally, uh, I, we should really end with a joke. Um, now, you told me one a little bit earlier, which is just about sort of feasible for, for consumption. Um, yeah. I believe that uh, your dad was still having sex at 92? He was, actually. At 92, he was having sex. He actually lived at number 68, <laughs> but he just used to walk down the road and everything else. But bless him, he, um, he had this terrible disease where he kept buying uh, raffle tickets and everything else, mm. and I think we ended up realising he'd got tombola. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you very much for your time. So just to reiterate, you're going to be at the National Motorcycle Museum with your mad tour on the 31st, 31st of October. 31st of October, and then we kick off in February with another six dates all over the country again. Excellent, mm. brilliant. And of course, you're going to be on the main stand at the uh, Motorcycle Live. I am on the Black Horse stage where my FZ750 will be up there, and we've got, uh, I'll be joining, joined by James Whittam, who will be interviewing lots of people. We'll have the Question of Bike show going on there. The wheel change competition, uh, it just goes on and on and on. It's just uh, complete Excellent. madness up there. So come and, come and look us out if you get to the show. Brilliant. Well, hopefully uh, people will. Thank you very much for your time, Steve. My pleasure. Morebikes.co.uk